The following is for conversational purposes only and should not be interpreted as advice. Please consult a professional before making any decision based on this content. This content should not be considered as travel advice. Talks Travel, a podcast where we talk travel and accessibility with a little fun along the way. Let's pack our bags and head out on an adventure. Hey there, this is Katie. I'm a travel agent who specializes in accessible travel. And today I've got Lynn joining me again. Hey, Lynn, how are you? Hello, I'm so ready to travel. This is going to be awesome. I'm really excited too because we are talking about Universal Orlando Resort, which is hands down my all-time favorite theme park. It is so mm. much fun. There's a ton to know about it. Um, as I was like prepping for this month's episode, I was like, there is so much for Universal. I can't possibly like mention everything that they have and that they mm. can do and all of that in this episode. So my plan is for this to be kind of a general overview. Um, sure. And then I've got a couple of questions that people asked me and sent to me from my last episode. Um, so we're going to go through those too. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't know as much about universal as I do about Disney, but um, well, yeah, you're certainly... going to learn today. Yeah. Yeah, certainly Universal is one of those that, you know, a lot of people actually do prefer. Yeah, there's just something special about it. Yeah, Disney Mm -hmm. is very, very family oriented, very much about that nostalgia kind of feel. Um, And Universal is a lot more just kind of, um, whoa, (laughs) it's just, Mm -hmm, it's just, mm -hmm. it's, it's different. It's very different. So to start us off, I know that's probably not your favorite thing in the world, Lynn, but I do have some trivia <laughs> questions for you. Okay. So, true or false, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter is located in one park. Uh, I would say maybe false. Correct. It is yeah. false. It's in um, Islands of Adventure and Universal Studios, so across two different mm-hmm. parks. Yep. What crotchety beloved character can be found at Universal Orlando Resort during the Christmas season? Oh, that would be the the Grinch or the Yes. Yay! <laughs> awesome. Yeah, they do a whole Grinch thing. They do like a breakfast where you can do a meet and greet with him and he'll come and visit your table. And um, the Grinch is a big deal at Universal at Christmas time. He's my favorite character, actually. Is he really? I like the Grinch. Yes. It's a good one. We read the Grinch, Grinch. like the, how the Grinch stole Christmas, the Dr. Seuss book. We read it all the time. I could probably (laughs) recite the entire book to you right now (laughs) from memory. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Last question. Just since we're talking about holidays, Mm -hmm. what holiday during the year is Universal known for celebrating to the nth degree? 
Hmm. Would that be? Would that be Christmas? Surprisingly, not. I mean, that's no. the one you would think. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. no, it's, it's actually Mardi Gras. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is an interesting one. Um, it's not mm-hmm. not what you would think. You would think if you're going to go travel, especially to a theme park for any holiday, that it should probably be like halloween or christmas but for universal Mm -hmm. mardi gras is where they really hit their stride they have their best parades they've got delicious food it's amazing they've got wonderful musical lineups like it's just it elevates it to a whole nother degree when they do mardi Mm -hmm. gras so it's a lot of fun um and that's really the holiday that they really hit it out of the park in my opinion for sure great yeah that definitely is a, a holiday for celebrating isn't it Mardi Gras. That's just such a cool. Yeah, it's you a know, lot of fun. Such, and they do yeah. it for like six weeks. You know, Mardi Gras is a smaller period of time, but they do it mm-hmm. for six weeks. So there's a lot of um, people that can come see it. And mm-hmm. it gives a good boost to local musicians as well. Yep. And yep. it's just all around like a, a really cool celebration. Hmm. So before I can really talk about Universal, um, mm-hmm. it's important to know the different parts of the resort. Okay. And when I talk about Universal Orlando Resort, I don't mean like a literal hotel resort. I mean a resort in the sense that everything you need is there on the property. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Universal actually has three parks. There's Universal Studios, Islands of Adventure, and Volcano Bay. Now, Volcano Bay is a water theme park. Um, I'm not going to talk about it too much today because we are in the colder season. Um, mm-hmm. Volcano Bay has closures during this time of the year because even though it doesn't get super cold in Florida, it does get colder to where people don't necessarily want to be going down water slides. Um, but I'm sure that we will talk about Volcano Bay again when the weather starts warming up and everybody's thinking about waterworks. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, with Orlando Resort, there is also tons of hotels on property, and they have them for all different price point points. They've got some that are value resorts that are a little further away from the center of it all, but they still all have transportation. Um, and then they've got all the way up to premier level resorts, uh, which are you know kind of like right there. They're much higher level, and then Universal also partners with Lowe's hotels for several of their properties. So you know that the hotel quality is top notch. Mm -hmm. Um, And their hotels that they have on property have different themes and all different stuff um, for you to kind of be able to make the vacation really your own. What your interests are, you can kind of even bring them back into your resort room like if you've got a kid that is obsessed with minions you can actually get a minion suite where the kids sleep in the little bomb beds like the kids in the movie do and there's minions all over the place and um so there's a lot of different hotel options yeah they Mm -hmm. they really bring it all the way through um it's not just at the parks that you see all of that theming you get to see it in the hotels too so you get like a a little more control over you get to kind of design your own experience based on what you're interested yep Yeah, and they've got one of the resorts that um, is supposed to be like a tropical island. So it has a lot of tropical theming and tropical plants. And um, it's supposed to kind of transport you away to paradise. And you're supposed Mm -hmm. to feel like you're on an island when you're there. There's a crashed plane in the lagoon where you swim and all of those sorts of things. So they do a lot of 
extra theming outside of the parks, just like Disney does as well. And then the last part of Universal Orlando Resort that is kind of important to note about is City Walk, which is technically a shopping mall, but it also acts as an entry to both Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure. Um, City Walk is its own sort of experience. It has live music. It has restaurants. It's got a movie theater, mini golf, shopping, like it's um its whole kind of area. <laughs> you don't have to pay okay. anything to go to City Walk. Um, it is it is technically a shopping mall. Like anybody can go in there, but it's um it's big and it's different from any other shopping mall that I've ever been to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So let's go ahead and talk about the fun stuff, which is the parks. So the first park that I think we should talk about is just go ahead and talk with the original and go with Universal Studios. Universal Studios has a bunch of different sections and they are named off of the theming of kind of the food and the rides in those sections. So they've got like Production Central, which has things like the Transformers ride, um, the Hollywood Rip Ride Rocket Coaster, Despicable Me stuff. So that's all where there's it's heavy production to make the items that the rides are trans are that are themed after, not transformed mm-hmm. after. Mm-hmm. We can talk about Transformers. Like Transformers, it takes a lot of production to make those movies. It takes a lot of production to make the Despicable Me movie. So um that's production central. So they have several different areas like that named that way around the lagoon where you can walk around and um, each area has its own sort of theme to it. The main attractions at Universal Studios are Diagon Alley, the Transformers ride, and then the Simpsons area. There's more things than that. Like I said, I'm just doing kind of a general overview of the parks and kind of what you need to know to travel there as just a general mm-hmm. overview so Diagon Alley is what we'll talk about next that has one of my favorite rides at Universal uh, which is the Escape from Gringotts ride okay. so that is the kind of the main attraction of Diagon Alley when you walk into Diagon Alley which is hard to find first of all um if you don't know what you're looking for, if you're a muggle, you're going to walk right past it. Um, it's not like big and open to the rest of the park. You do have to know how to get into Diagon Alley, just like you have to mm-hmm. know how to get into it in the books as well. So it's not super obvious. They've got um, a big brick wall and you have to kind of walk around it on either side. It's not like completely hidden or secret on how to get in there, but you do have to be a wizard to do it. So it's the, <laughs> it's, it's the Green Gods is the highlight of Diagon Alley, in my opinion. When you walk in, that first thing you see is down at the end, you have that big marble white bank that they talk about in the books. And up on top is an actual fire breathing dragon. And every 15 minutes wow. or so, the fire or the dragon breathes fire and it is really hot. Like if you're standing right near it. It is real fire. It is very, very hot. <laughs> wow. So, That's pretty The Gringotts ride is is amazing. It used to be my favorite, but another ride knocked it out the last time I was there. So, of course, I'll tell you about that one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but Escape from Gringotts, you help Harry escape from Gringotts. You know, you're doing doing that section of the books and the movies. So you have to actually mm-hmm. walk through Gringotts and you um you get to see the goblins 
Um, and then you have to go in down into the caves and you'll go on a quote unquote elevator and you go down into the caves and you get on one of the carts and you have to escape from Gringotts. Um, that ride, the last time that I went to Universal, we rode that ride seven times. <laughs> wow. Um, it's, it's a great ride. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just everything about it from the theming outside with the dragon breathing fire to the actual way the ride runs on the inside, everything about it is, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, is it one other... of those stomach, stomach turning rides or is it just, is it more pleasant? Like, so, you know, that's a really great question. Lynn. <laughs> I do not find it to be a stomach turning ride. It is okay. faster. But it is not like motion sickness inducing. There okay. are some rides at Universal that I tell, I, I like send a list of them to my clients. And I say, mm-hmm. if you have any motion sickness at all, if you get motion sickness, do not ride these. <laughs> um, there's not many rides at Disney that I tell people, like, if you get motion sickness, don't ride. But there are quite a few at Universal. And that, mm-hmm. I think, is just because of how high tech they are. Um, which I'll talk about here in, in right. just a few minutes. Um, but they use some different technology in their rides, so it can trigger that motion sickness a little yeah. bit more. Gringotts, um, it is more of a roller coaster type ride, but it is on a small scale of a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's got some speed to it, but there's no like huge drops. You don't flip upside down, like nothing like okay. that. Yeah. yeah. So some other things that people really love in Diagon Alley, people being me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is Flurry and Fortescue's Ice Cream Parlor. So they talk about that a lot in the books. And um, in the third book, you know, Harry spends a couple of weeks at Diagon Alley. And he goes every day and gets ice cream from Flurry in it at the ice cream Aww. parlor. And um, so that's something that you can experience as well for mm-hmm. any of those witches and wizards out there that are dying to live in the Harry Potter universe. You can. You do it at Universal. Uh, they have Ollivanders. So um, that's kind of a, an experience is the way I, w- I would call that. Um, they have, you do have to wait to go in and then it does kind of like a, a show where you get to pick your wands if you're the special person selected from the audience. And it's it's a mm-hmm. neat little, very involved show. Very hands-on. Uh, and then another really neat highlight of Diagon Alley is Nocturne Alley. Are you familiar with Harry Potter at all, Lynn? Uh, no. I okay. I have a friend who has been trying to get me to read the Harry Potter books. <laughs> and I, I just uh, haven't quite gotten into them. But no. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> I have a deep-seated emotional attachment to everybody so like my some of my earliest memories are around harry potter my mom used to read to us every night like she read us the books in braille she read them to Mm -hmm. us when they were like Mm -hmm. just releasing so i literally grew up on harry potter and when a new book i was young enough that when a new book would come out my mom would read it to us so like every night we would sit on her bed and she'd bring out like the big tomes and she she'd read us harry potter and so I have like a really deep emotional attachment to Harry Potter. Yeah, um, sure. So I think maybe that's why I love Universal so much is because it really mm-hmm. brings that whole world to life for me. But I was going to talk about Nocturne Alley. So any Harry Potter fans out there, you know that Nocturne Alley is kind of the 
the dark side of Diagon Alley. That's where the, mm-hmm. the dark wizards go. Um, and they actually have a Nocturne Alley at Universal. It is fairly hidden. It's off to the left-hand side when you walk in, for anybody that wants to know. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it Easy to miss. Very easy to miss. Um, it looks like it's just a little dark alcove with a bench in it where you could just kind of sit back there. Okay. It's not. If you keep on walking, you go back into the dark part where you can actually shop at Borgen and Burks, which is... Um, a shop that's in multiple multiple books and where Draco gets the cursed hand and all of that that kind of stuff that happens mm-hmm. in the books you can actually shop at that store and it has mm-hmm. special merchandise that's really hard to find anywhere else in the parks because it's dark magic and you can't have dark magic just at any shop it has right. to be in the right See, place that's, so that's what's <laughs> awesome about having somebody an insider right somebody that can show you these little alcoves and these little secret or lesser known, you know, aspects of, of a park. Yep. Yeah. It pays yeah. off to have a, a travel agent that has yep. all that knowledge in their pocket. Cause we sure. share this information with our clients. Um, and that's a good one to know, because if you're really looking for something specific and kind of hard to find, Borgen and Burks is usually a really good place to check um, because mm-hmm. it does have very specific stuff that you can't get at the other shops. Uh, okay. So the last thing I wanted to mention about Diagon Alley is the night bus. So right outside of Diagon Alley, right outside of the entrance, before you walk around that brick wall that only witches and wizards can enter is the night bus, which is from several of the books. But the main one that people know it from is from the third book and movie, The Prisoner of Azkaban. And Harry rides on that wild bus and he meets um the talking head and stan shunpike um and they actually have a big purple night bus out front and at certain points during the day you'll be able to talk to the talking head and talk to um stan shunpike and actually like interact with those characters and they do get very very into character so that's a really neat aspect of it um it's you know not nearly as intense as like the princess meet and greets they have at disney it's not nearly Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. that intense but it is a really fun little feature that any harry potter fan is going to want to take advantage of yep another one of the really popular attractions that i mentioned is transformers 3d so transformers is a big empire and universe all of its own um and there are a lot of transformer fans so they had to kind of figure out a way to make the that big action and those those really big technologically um and in animation right themes. Like they had to figure out how to take yeah. it right it's very sophisticated so they had to take mm-hmm. figure out how to take it and turn it into a ride that's where this really cool tech comes in <laughs> that I was talking about. Yep. So Transformers 3D, first of all, is one of my top do not ride if you get motion sickness rides. Okay. I have written it. It's very cool. But if you get motion sickness, you it's it's going to be a tricky one for you. Yep. You should yep. prep beforehand. Get yourself in the or right mind. Or take your Dramamine or something before you Yeah, do, do something because <laughs> it, it will give you motion sickness. Mm-hmm. So the amazing tech on this ride is they have a hidden projector that's mounted like 25 feet up and it moves with two elevators, one that goes up and one that goes down. And it projects onto a screen that's like 50 feet tall. 
and it's so immersive that if you did not know how it worked, you would not know that you're going up and down. You, I like, I literally wow. had no idea I was going up and down. It is so immersive. You feel like you are moving forward. You are going fast. They do tilting. They do um, kind of fans that blow on you. Like they do extra things to make you feel like you're going forward. But it it really feels like that. And in reality, you mm-hmm. are going up and down. Um, so that so, sounds almost sounds like virtual reality, right? Like yeah. So you know. Right. Yeah. Yep. Like so they use a combination of kind of virtual reality and augmented reality to create mm-hmm. all of the movie magic that you see at Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. And Transformers is one of them that has like that really neat kind of mechanics on how it works. Uh, the other one that is a big attraction for Universal Studios is The Simpsons. So at Universal Studios, they actually have uh, Springfield, USA, which is the home of The Simt- Simpsons. And there are a couple of different Simpsons rides. They've got um, one that is called literally The Simpsons Ride. And then um, mm-hmm. a Twirl and Hurl, which is from the show as well. And then a lot of the attraction f- towards the Simpsons area is um, a lot of like that theming because it does really, it looks and feels like you are in the cartoon. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can go get a drink at, at Duff's. Um, you can go to Moe's Taverns. Uh, you can get those giant pink donuts that they have on the sentence. Like you can get all of wow. that stuff there, which is really neat. Um, again, in the Simpsons area, they have some really awesome tech, but not for people who get car sick. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> the Simpsons ride, it uses supposedly the world's first 4k projector and it takes this 4k projector and it puts it on an 80 foot screen at 60 frames per second so that it eliminates any of that strobe effect that you would normally get on that huge of a screen okay um it is very immersive you're like riding on a roller coaster in the ride but it's not really a roller coaster it's on a screen Mm -hmm. um very much like that that ride the simpsons ride is one that i have only ever ridden at universal one time because mm-hmm. it made me so so motion sickness oh, like it made okay. it so bad um the people i was traveling with who don't get motion sickness they didn't have any problem they loved it they actually rode it again i've only ever mm-hmm. ridden the simpsons ride once <laughs> that, i wonder if you. like with not be with if you were blind because a lot of motion sickness is like that sight kind of thing, right? right? Yeah. And so I often wonder, like, because I know I used to be able to get on rides that my fr- my family, like the spinning rides, for example. Mm. I yeah, could, like the I, twirling I, I, I didn't yeah. get dizzy. So I was able to do those rides and people would think, oh, my gosh, how do you do that without getting seasick, you know? So. I think part of it is inner ear too, because I've mm-hmm. I've had that experience, and my husband has always said, like, just close your eyes. That's what'll solve the problem. Because he doesn't yeah, get motion yeah. sickness at all. No, I that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he'll he'll tell me like, close your eyes. So when we were at Disney in August, the kids loved the teacups, the spinning teacups. I used and to I love that it. ride too. <laughs> They want to go like as fast as you can. That and was I wrote one of it. my favorite ones at the carnivals. Oh really? my gosh, I just love that. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, they have them at Disney. If you ever want to ride the spinning teacups. <laughs> <laughs> um, I rode it once with the kids and I was starting to get like a little, a little woozy about it. Right, um, right. Because my emotion sickness has gotten worse since I had kids and I, they wanted to go again. So I went with them a second time. And that, that, that was the time that my husband, Michael, he was like, just close your eyes. It'll be fine. Just close your eyes. You yeah. don't even have to look. <laughs> well, I was still, I, clo- I had my eyes closed the whole time and I was mm-hmm. still like kind of oh, off wow. when, when we got off. So I wonder if it has something to do with inner ears too. Oh, sure. Yeah. What a tangent that was. Okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> um, back to the parks. All right. So the next park is Islands of Adventure. So Islands of Adventure is slightly larger than Universal Studios at 110 acres. Universal Studios is 108. So there's not a big difference there, but it is a little <laughs> bit bigger. <laughs> And then the main attractions at Islands of Adventure are Hogsmeade and Hogwarts, Jurassic Park, and Marvel Superhero Island. Again, there are more areas than that. Um, I'm just kind of talking about the highlights. Mm -hmm. So Hogsmeade and Hogwarts. The castle is just uh, jaw-dropping. It is something to behold. For any Harry Potter fan... You got to go to Islands of Adventure. Uh, the, the castle is just, it's amazing. It's everything that you ever imagined that it would be. Um, it's mm-hmm. wonderful to see in person. And then they have a nighttime show on select nights where they will kind of illuminate the castle and do a whole light show on the castle. And they've got music that goes along with it. Um, and that's really neat as well. And the castle is also part of Hogsmeade. So if you know anything about Harry Potter, you know that the students get to go visit Hogsmeade and there is quite a bit of the writing set in Hogsmeade. There are things that happen there. And um, so Hogsmeade is, is kind of a big part of Harry Potter and the Hogsmeade that they have at Universal Studios is, it's, it's just wonderful. Um, They have pulled a ton of the features and descriptions from the book. So they have like the Hogshead, which is kind of a rough pub in the book. They have that where you can eat there. They've got the three broomsticks, which is kind of the the restaurant that everyone knows from Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Um, They have another Ollivander's location in the Hogsmeade area. That isn't actually in the books, but um, there are a lot of Harry Potter fans that go to Universal Studios or Universal Orlando Resort, I mean, and don't visit mm-hmm. Universal Studios. They visit Islands of Adventure. So they brought in Ollivanders okay. over there. Um, and then they also have things like the Owl Post and um, Honey Dukes, which is where you can get candy. Owl Post, you can kind of send a an Owl Post, quote unquote. You can send mm-hmm. a letter um, or a, what are those called? Postcards. You can send a postcard okay, right. out to mm-hmm. yourself. And it, it's a really cool, like, immersive little experience that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, they have special performances where the frog choir will come out and sing. Like, the frog choir from the first movie will come out and do a performance. And it's really cool. The real highlight, if you ask me, <laughs> of Hogsmeade and Hogwarts, though, is Hagrid's motorbike adventure. That is in my opinion, the best ride at Universal Orlando Resort. 
Uh, it knocked, like I said, it knocked Gringotts out of first place. And uh, Gringotts has been my favorite ride since the first time I rode it. For years and years, it has been my favorite. Like I said, we rode it seven times last year when we were there. Um, <laughs> wow. So for Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure to knock it out of the park, mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to say something about the ride. <laughs> yeah. It wow. is very much like a roller coaster type of ride. I do not want to spoil anything because there are surprises in the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and I absolutely do not want to spoil it for anybody interested in going, but it is a fast paced uh, roller coaster type ride. Like you are going to have okay. hills. You're going to have it's your stomach will drop. You're not just sitting <laughs> in a little car and the little cars moving around and twisting and stuff. It's right, not right. like any of those. <laughs> so, okay. It's amazing. If you can do roller coasters, do it. It's wonderful. Okay. That's all I'll say. So I don't spoil surprises that are in there, but it's, it's great. Um, another ride that is in the Hogsmeade area uh, is Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, which is actually located in the castle, which is a very cool experience in and of itself, um, being able to go through the castle and see the moving portraits and those kinds of things. Like just waiting in the line for the Forbidden Journey is worth it. Mm-hmm. The actual ride itself is another one for mm-hmm. motion sickness people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you're kind of like riding on a a bench. I mean, really, that's the only way to kind of describe it. And then there's like mm-hmm. a domed screen in front of the bench that kind of curves inward, um, which shows, uh, I mean, it's essentially a movie, essentially a movie that's being projected from a spot on top of the dome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the perspective of it shifts to kind of wherever the viewer is. So when you're like, rotating and moving i guess is the way to 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 explain what it does when you're right. rotating and moving the screen and what's shown on there rotates and moves with you and then the bench okay. is like a robotic arm um that rotates while it progresses through the ride so you're flying is what you're supposed to be doing um okay. there's a lot of like twisty movement which i think is what kind of triggers me and my motion sickness for that ride there's a mm-hmm. lot of like that twisting movement okay and kind of like quick swooshes from side to side mm-hmm. um so that's another one that i kind of flag and let people know like hey this isn't like a do not ride for me if you've got motion sickness but it is right. one to just kind of prepare yourself for and be yeah aware just of. be aware yep yeah exactly yep uh do you like to ride rides when what is your favorite kind you know I have not been on rides since I've gotten older so I I always like the ones that you know like you were saying the roller coaster type ones that you know have that yeah you you feel yourself going down yeah and, and up and down like you know real fast yeah I love that and of course I love spinning rides like I said I just love them Mm -hmm. and um so yeah that that I would say those would be the rides that I would like um and I guess you know to I'm trying to think of some of the ones that I used to like um where they used to have I liked a lot of the water things too oh yeah water that that was fun you know as a kid yeah so 
Islands of Adventure has one of the best water rides I've ever been on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the um, Ripsaw. I want to say the name right. I don't want to say the wrong. A Dudley mm-hmm. Do Rights Ripsaw Falls. I oh, knew it okay. was. I was going to call it Rip, <laughs> Ripsaw Falls with Dudley Do Rights. Uh, is the mm-hmm. opposite way. Okay, so that is like a flume ride, and it is it is a ton of fun. <laughs> wow. You get absolutely soaked, but it's a great flume ride. Mm-hmm. I love like the water rides and those kind of things too. They're mm-hmm. a lot of fun, especially Jurassic in the hot Park. weather, right? Oh yeah, especially you know yeah, you get keeps you, keeps you cool. Jurassic Park has a water ride too. They have um, the River Adventure, which is really neat. Um, so you like go through the laboratory area and and then and the animals escape and you you know like they do on Jurassic yep. Park. And <laughs> you get soaked on that one too because you're like floating through a boat on the river and there's dinosaurs that come out at you and you go down the big hill and it's it's a good time too. Uh, so Jurassic Park is actually the next kind of highlight and main attraction of Islands mm-hmm. of Adventure. And you move from Hogsmeade into Jurassic Park when you're like walking through the park most of the time. There are two different ways you can go, but a lot of people go off to the right, up and around. So a lot of people go from Hogsmeade into Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jurassic Park is really well done for anybody that liked the original movies. I, they do very well with the Jurassic World series as well like they do a really good job um but it's especially nostalgic i think is the probably the best way to say it for anybody who really loves those that first movie especially um they have the discovery center that's featured in the first movie where they spend a lot of their time and where that iconic scene with the um t-rex and he's roaring and the banners falling behind him like that whole thing that Discovery Center that they even pulled into the Jurassic World movies, they have that at Universal Orlando Resort. And it's really neat. You can go in and go shopping and, um, and very, like, just nostalgic, very nostalgic. And um, kind of bring you right back to that scene of the movie. They also have a really cool raptor encounter at Jurassic Park. So you can meet a velociraptor. And um, their newest attraction in the Jurassic Park area is the Velocicoaster. Okay. This coaster is intense. Any any roller coaster lover should definitely ride it. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> they, I was shocked. I thought I, I had emptied my pockets enough. Um, when I wrote it, I went with my husband, who does not do heights. He does not do heights. Okay. So I wrote it alone. <laughs> and I left all of my stuff with him. And I thought... All I had on me was my phone. And I thought, surely I've emptied my pockets enough. I'm good to go. I'll just fold my pocket over. Life will be good. <laughs> this roller coaster, they make you go through metal detectors before you can get on the coaster. Oh, I, wow. I know that there are coasters in the world that do that. But this was mm-hmm. the first one and only one that I personally have ever ridden that did that. Okay. And if you had anything that went off in the metal detectors, they took you into another room where you went through and had to like, they had to figure out what it was that was setting it off. They had to put it into mm-hmm. a locker. Um, and then they had to double check you again, make sure that the metal detectors are not going off. And when I was going through it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is really intense. Like, mm-hmm. what is going on? <laughs> and then I rode the actual roller coaster and I understood. And the amount understood. of zero gravity time is... <laughs> crazy 
Yeah, it's a big, it's a big full-on coaster, like a mm-hmm. full-on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're gonna go upside down. You're going real fast. You're gonna be screaming your head off. It's one yeah. Of I'm coasters. not sure I would like the upside down things. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really wow. good one, though. Any any roller coaster lover has got to ride that one. My cousin mm-hmm. is going on her honeymoon to Universal Orlando Resort next month, and she is my coaster buddy. We used to go to places like Cedar Point and Kings Island all the time together when we were a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I was like, even though your husband will not ride coasters because she married like I did, and he will not ride coasters. Mm-hmm. I was like, you have to go ride it alone. I know that you don't like to ride stuff alone, but it's a must do. If you love roller coasters, you need to get yourself to Islands of Adventure and ride the Velocicoaster and Hagrid's. Hagrid's is amazing, but for different reasons. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, do they have anything for people that are, you know, uh, not as adventurous, you know, that just want to have something yeah. gentle and easy? And <laughs> So that is really, that's really a great question. In all honesty, they don't have that much that's not... Mm-hmm. Uh, like a, a real nice. like thrill ride yeah right. so if you're right. wanting more of that relaxed kind of style that's mm-hmm. where disney is i mean they have some great rides do not get me wrong we talked about disney right. in depth last time love disney yep. they really have some really good rides but where they really shine is through just those experiences that you have when you're there and those little mm-hmm. touches that's where that disney difference really comes in um and so if you're looking for that more kind of laid back immersion, that's where mm-hmm. Disney is going to come in. If you are someone who likes adventure and likes all of those heart pounding rides and all that stuff, that is universal. Universal is much yeah. more like ride based and thrill va- based mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. Disney, um, which is why Universal is my favorite theme park. And I have not yet taken my kids because there's no point in me taking them until they're a little bit older, until they are right. comfortable riding big rides, big rides and they're tall yeah. enough to ride big rides. In my opinion, mm-hmm. it's not it's not worth it to take small kids. Now, they do have an area called Seuss Landing, and that is a much more laid back and relaxed kind of ride style. Mm-hmm. Um, so Seuss Landing has like a trolley train that goes up in the sky and it's a very slow ride, but it goes like up and around the Seuss Landing area and you it, it's just like a little trolley that you ride around um they've got like a character zone that you can go to um a carousel that you can ride so it's very much more of like a laid back area it's not nearly as okay. thrill as the rest right. of it right um but for the most part it's a lot of thrill rides at Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure yeah, and it That's sounds to me like it, the um, you know, if you're blind or uh, visually impaired, you would certainly get that sensory experience, right, of being on the ride. So <laughs> yeah, even if you didn't yeah. get the visual part of it, you certainly wouldn't miss out on the the thrill part of it, <laughs> the stomach right. part. <laughs> yeah. So that is actually like 
Yeah. I mean, you've nailed your transitions today, Lynn. You are on it. I'm impressed. We are on the same level. We're working great today. So one of the, another one of those really cool tech features that you absolutely do not have to see to really appreciate it and to notice it and get the thrill from it is in um, the Superhero Island, which is at Islands of Adventure. Marvel Superhero Island is one of the main attractions. It was the next one I was going to talk about. There's a ride there called The Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man. And it does have a big screen and all of that. But it has a lot more than that, too. Okay. Um, there's a really cool feature in that ride where Spider-Man jumps from far away and he lands on the hood of the vehicle that you're driving. And the sound follows that. It's, okay. I, I It's hard to explain. I don't know how mm -hmm. they do it. It's really cool. But... It's like he is far away, and then all of a sudden he is right. He is there, mm -hmm. and I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know how it's. I don't know how to explain it. Really, it's amazing what how they do it. That movie magic of of that sound following him from so far away, and then it's like he is right on your shoulder, and the sound tracks through the area. Like it's not just all hitting you at once. It's moving as he moves. It's very cool. Very cool feature. Wow. Hmm. Um, I noticed that one because that's another motion sickness one. And about halfway through, <laughs> I had to close my eyes and okay. I was appreciating the ride <laughs> without any vision. Mm -hmm. Um, and I noticed how that really, like, I almost felt like I, he was like all around me. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's just really neat. It's a really neat experience. Yeah. You wonder how these, like the technical and the creativity of the people that design these things like you not oh, only know, have right? to have that engineering ability but then you have also have to have the imagination of you know mm -hmm. let's do something that you know has never been done before or you really get that immersive experience yeah um, combining the tech with the creativity and the imagination that's pretty cool it's really neat it is they they don't have it anymore, but they used to have an attraction um, at Universal Studios in that park that was a, a Shrek. It was like a 5D kind of theater sort of okay. thing mm -hmm. where like the seats would move under you. They would release smells. Puffs of air would go on you. Yeah. Like water would splat wow. on you that went along with the story. Um, mm -hmm. And that was like, I I was younger the first time I did that one. I think I was maybe 10. Um, and it's one of the memories that like really sticks in my mind um, of just doing that ride because the extra sensory stuff, I just remember yep. how, how neat it was for my parents. Um, mm -hmm. And like my mom screamed when it made air that it makes it feel like spiders are crawling across your leg. <laughs> um, my mom straight up screamed when they did it. And I just, wow. Like, it really stuck in my mind that they had really kind of done something for everyone. And it was one mm -hmm. of my favorites. I always went to it every time that we went until it is no longer there. Oh, I wonder why. Yeah, they they do all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, they, they put mm -hmm. in um, a big minion area and a minion cafe. And mm -hmm. Despicable Me is a big deal. So mm -hmm. it kind of bumped Shrek out, which is sad <laughs> for me. But I understand. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> So that's kind of the general overview of what you can expect to find at either park at Universal Orlando Resort. 
just like I said, very general overview. And then I would be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about accessibility. Um, so accessibility at Universal Orlando Resort is not as great as it is in Disney, in my opinion. Right. Okay. So they have, um, they have a pass like Disney does um, where it's for people who can't wait in a conventional queue environment, whether mm-hmm. you can't stand that long, um, whether you maybe have, I don't know, maybe you need to, I don't know, yeah, cognitive right. disabilities, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just kind of anything. So they have one of those passes, the attractions assistance pass, but you have to have, um, credentials is the best way to to say it to get that pass so you have to attain an individual accessibility card by registering online at the Mm accessibilitycard.org within 30 days of your visit to the the park and then that registration which you have to upload a bunch of necessary documents for and everything that registration once it gets approved is what will allow you to have that assistance pass and it works the same as it does at disney where you kind of go to the front um and you hand them the card they give you a return time based on the current wait time um, Mm -hmm. and then you come back and you don't have to wait in as long of a line okay right so that's that's what they've got they've got some really neat um availabilities for those with cognitive disabilities or those that have um, maybe some sensory issues or anything like that they've got a really cool low stimulation place that's like really quiet they call it a quiet room Um, it's got like rubber tile floors it's got I know it has an activity wall where you can kind of do some uh, relaxing activities um, dimmed lights there's even places in there to hide in um, if anybody needs like a hiding spot to be at. They've mm-hmm. got those kinds of things. So they have really gone in above and beyond in that aspect. Um, right. And then it's completely like free to use the room. You just have to wait until it's vacant and then try to adhere to a 30 minute interval if you can to let other guests use it. Um, but it's a really neat extra mile i guess i should say that they have gone yeah because it sounds like there's a lot of sensory stimulation you know (sighs) multiple sense senses at once and maybe there are people who just would say you know need a little downtime yeah um you know a little bit to to Mm -hmm. regain their composure or whatever yeah yes Hmm. um so they have really done really cool things there um for Visual disabilities, they have large print and embossed Braille available for renting, very similar to what it is at Disney. You know, you go to um, guest services and you you put down the deposit, you get it for the day, and then you when you turn it back in, you get your deposit back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also have Braille scripts that outline the dialogue for different live action shows that are at the park. Um, and you can pick those up from the employees that are there. Um, when you go to enter, you can let them know that you'd like that and they're able to get it for you. So that's really neat. And then an area to definitely think about with Universal Orlando Resort, where it's a lot of rides, is your white cane. Because a lot of rides you can't 
have your cane on or like for example sure. i was talking about velocicoaster and you have to go through that metal detector your cane would set off the metal detector at least some canes mm -hmm. would okay. you, you wouldn't be able to have it with you on the roller coaster so what are you supposed to do with that when you really can't leave it behind in one of their free lockers so they have free lockers for a lot of their rides um and if you've got a white cane, you're going to need that up until the time you're getting on. So on attractions where your cane could be lost or um, damaged or anything like that, or maybe could be a hazard to other people. That's what I was just going to uh, say. Yeah. Yeah. It could yeah. be a torpedo or not torpedo, right. but <laughs> like a little spear coming down from Velocicoaster right. yes. towards <laughs> like a bridge or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the yep. attractions attendants they'll hold your cane for you after you mm -hmm. have been seated and then once the vehicle stops um they will give it back to you when you're completely done with the experience so they they mm -hmm. offer that on a ton of their rides um service animals they're not quite as friendly as disney is because you remember last month we talked about you know they can use anywhere for relief area as long as someone cleans it up and mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. they're even have like where you can do rider swap and all of that well service animals are welcome at universal orlando resort they're absolutely welcome to be there um they do have to be harnessed leashed or tethered um mm -hmm. and then if you if you need to ride on a ride at universal with your dog mm -hmm. um a lot of times you need to have another person with you if you mm -hmm. can um to help with the animal they do have portable kennels like i mentioned last month they do have them available at certain attractions but not at all of them and okay. then the service animals should only use designated relief and or relief areas right. um, that are available throughout the park so i mean just kind of overall they're not as accessibility friendly quite yet mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. Disney is, but they have come a really long way. Uh, the first time that I went to Universal Orlando Resort, I said I was 10. Um, and my parents got us express passes is what we got, um, which I'll talk about those in a second. But they just kind of walked up to guest services. And when the guest services people saw their white cane, they just handed us essentially their fast passes. Um, mm -hmm. They just handed us fast passes and was like, here you go. And that was kind of the end of it. They, we didn't get offered any other sort of accommodations or anything. There was no um, Braille offerings. There was no description offerings, like nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and now it's gone. So they've, they've done so much more. Like they really have, they've thought about the white canes. They've got service animal areas Um They've got those quiet rooms that they have available now, um, and they've got the new attractions assistance pass, and you have to have certain credentials for that. So they really have come a very long way from, mm -hmm. you know, 20 years ago. Right. Um, but they definitely have some room for improvement. Mm -hmm. And I know they're always interested in hearing feedback because I don't say that enough on this podcast. Like, sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have we we do try to um, emphasize or to remind people about advocacy, self advocacy, and and sort of asking for what you need or um, giving feedback so that you know constructive feedback so that you mm -hmm. can improve the situation not only for your own. Um, 
vacation, but also for other people's, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. I know sometimes the frame of thought, even the frame of thought that I have sometimes based on service that I receive or something like that is, well, it doesn't matter. It's kind of over for me now. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. about my mm -hmm. experience, but it really does. And it matters it's to the sure. experience of the people that are coming after you. That are coming so. after. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, we're kind of talking a little bit logistics. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that. So there are different ticket types uh, for Universal. It can get really confusing. Um, there's different options for the number of days, the number of parks, whether you want a park-to-park -park ticket where you can bounce around at the parks, whether you want a single park ticket. Um, so just kind of figuring out what's best for you is kind of where your travel agent comes in. I do tend to recommend park-to-park -park tickets. Um, it's mm -hmm. absolutely hands down 1000% a must do for any Harry Potter fan because to ride the Hogwarts Express from Diagon Alley <laughs> to Hogsmeade and back, you have to have a park to park ticket and it's a mm -hmm. different experience each way. So you want to do it two times. <laughs> so <laughs> always, if you're a Harry Potter fan, get the park to park. Mm -hmm. Um, but I tend to recommend it anyways, because Universal is amazing and it has a lot of rides but it is, it's on the smaller side for, for the parks. Um, you know, I can do one Disney park a day if I'm really booking it, really booking it. I could probably mm -hmm. do two parks in a day. I am impressed by the people that can do all four in one day. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> um, Disney is huge. Universal is a lot smaller. Mm -hmm. You really, if you have an express pass and especially if you've gone before if it's your first time you want at least one day for each park but if you've gone before you can do both parks in one day it, okay. it's absolutely possible so yeah. i always recommend a park to park ticket because even first timers who've never gone before like you might want to bounce over to the other park you might mm -hmm. finish up if especially if you're there on a slow day and you go to universal studios first where they've got a lot more shows versus rides um, you might finish all the rides and all the shows by two o'clock in the afternoon, two or three, and you're still got seven hours of park so, time left in. Right. And you right. want to bounce over. So even brand new, new time, first timers that have never mm -hmm. gone to Universal Orlando Resort before, I, I recommend a park to park ticket, but you don't have to get them. Hands down, any Harry Potter fan needs a park to park ticket to ride the Hogwarts Express. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You want that. In general, that's mm -hmm. what I recommend. Um, also, generally speaking, it's cheaper to visit multiple days. So, for example, one day is about $175. Now, the price varies day to day, what kind of park ticket you get during the seasons, if there's a special thing happening that day. Like, the pricing does vary, but a good guideline, $175. A two-day ticket is $146 per day. So mm -hmm. that's $30 a day that you're knocking off. So the more the more you are visiting, the longer you're staying, uh, the cheaper your overall stay is. And they also do some really great promotions. Um, I, I've got a couple of clients that go to Universal and they will only buy tickets during these promotions because they are a really good deal. Um, but they a lot of times will run free days promotions. So if you buy three days, you get two days free. So you're getting five days in the park. And they're generally three park. So that includes Volcano Bay, 
park to park ticket. So you can bounce around, do whatever you want for five days and you're only paying for three of them. Um, okay. So they, they run some really nice pricing on their tickets, mm-hmm. which is good. So cost wise compared to Disney, what would you say that it's cost wise compared to Disney in general, I would mm-hmm. say universal Orlando resort is quite a bit cheaper than Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, of course, you, like you were saying, you wouldn't need to spend as much time there, right? right. As you would at yep. Disney, because that, you know, you that is, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if I was going to do, let's say, like a five day trip to Orlando, I could do three days at Universal and two days doing something completely different if I wanted to. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas if I'm doing a five day trip and I'm doing Disney, that is all I can do for five days because there is just so much to do. Um, So you're able to do a universal trip a little bit cheaper because Mm -hmm. like you were saying, you don't have to spend as much time in the park. You absolutely can. I have done it. (laughs) Right. You don't have to. (laughs) You'll still feel like you saw everything, even if you don't spend all five five, full days there, you know. So how about dining? I know we we tend to like to cover that because I like to eat. So how are <laughs> how was the dining experience at Universal Parks? So much less cutthroat than Disney. Okay. Oh my goodness. Um so <laughs> the dining is much more chill and relaxed at Universal. Mm-hmm. Um, you, there okay. are a couple of restaurants that you should get reservations for if you really want to try them. But for the most part, you can kind of walk up and be seated at any restaurant you want at Universal. Um, their food is really good. They don't have as many options, like a variety of types of food as Disney does. But Disney also has the World Showcase where mm-hmm. they've got pl- food from all over the world. So th- there's a difference there. Um, they do have different types and different styles. But it is a lot of a lot more American leaning, I mm-hmm. would say. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Mm-hmm. I really love the food during Mardi Gras. They have um, little food carts that they bring in. Um, and it'll be like New Orleans style style food. It's really good. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. What age would you say would be a good um, age for, say, taking kids or bringing families? Um, I would say probably starting around when they're about eight or so. Eight. Mm-hmm. Eight or nine. Yep. They're hitting the right age. Okay. I know that there's a lot of people who advertise and 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 um, take smaller children to universal orlando resort and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. um i w- if i was going to take my kids i would definitely take them to volcano bay the water park they would it would be amazing mm-hmm. um but i just personally i i think the right age is is eight or nine where they're they're taller and can handle those thrill rides mm-hmm yeah. yeah, I mean, I went, do they, do any of their rides have restrictions about how, you know, tall you have to be or how? A vast majority of them. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. They have a minimum. Um, and I don't know all of the minimums in all honesty off the top of my head, but I want to say it's about 48 inches um, for any given ride. 
Um, the exception being in Seuss Landing because it's a much more slow pace. Um, it's more of like a kid-friendly zone. Mm-hmm. Um, with the exception of that, most of their rides you need you you've got to be taller for to ride. Yeah, and some of their rides would scare smaller children for sure. Oh yeah, shoot yeah yeah without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. The and last. So- okay. Sorry, I was just going to say, so the the last aspect of tickets that I wanted to talk about was express passes. Mm -hmm. Express passes offer you access to the fast line um, where you're going to be able to speed more through it. Um, Express passes are absolutely 100% a must do in my book. I do Mm -hmm. not do universal without express passes. They mm-hmm. are amazing. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I I have never waited in an, an express pass line in any time that I have gone to Universal. I have never waited longer than 30 minutes for any ride in an express pass line. The last time I went to Universal, I did not wait any longer than five minutes for an express pass ride. And most of the time I was a walking ride on. They wow, are that's amazing. Must do. They they are mm. pricey. Um, and the pricing does vary by date. And when you're visiting, they do sell out. You have to book them early because they only have a limited amount. But they are so worth it. I will not do Universal without them. You do need a new one each day. They do not roll day to day. So a lot of times, it's actually cheaper for my clients to stay at a premier resort, which is the more expensive resort. Because Mm -hmm. you get a free express pass when you stay there and you get express passes for every single day that you are there. So, and you get it like for checkout, check in day and check out day and all days in between. So you might pay what seems crazy for your resort stay, your hotel stay, if the other hotel in the value section was, you know, only $150 a night and this one over here is $400 a night. But when you're looking at the saved cost of the express passes, a lot of times it saves several hundred dollars, if not thousands, Mm -hmm. to actually stay in a premier resort versus buying the express passes each day. Um, So a lot of the time clients will prefer to do that because when you look at the pricing, like an express pass can be $250, $300 per person per day. So that can add up really fast. So staying at the premier resort, you get better accommodations and you get that express pass free. So. Wow. See that. And again, that's where your travel agent comes in, right? Because they know (laughs) how to help you make the best of the resources that you have, you know, to get the the kind of vacation that you want, you know, and like these little tricks of the trade, so to speak, you know, if you didn't have that kind of guidance, you might miss out on some of the ways to save money or some of the the experiences that you could have that you might not know, you know, or be aware of. So, Mm -hmm. yep. It's always better to work with a travel agent, especially since, I mean, some people do charge a planning fee, but um, a lot of us work for free because the suppliers build the cost of an agent into the pricing anyways. So mm-hmm. you're paying for something that you're not receiving. You're paying for this service of this expert with all of this knowledge 
when you book direct and you're not getting that service. So you might as well use right. an agent. Sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's like anything you do, right? That you, it's, it's best if you can consult a professional, somebody that, you know, really knows their stuff and does this for a living. Right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, cause sometimes you can go on the websites and it can be daunting. It can be really like, wow, well, what do I want? How should I do this mm-hmm. or whatever? So, you know, the travel agent takes care of all that stuff so that you can yep. just focus on the fun. Sure do. <laughs> this is the time in the show when we like to address some listener questions that we get. And we love your feedback and we love your questions. So yes, let's get to the, fr- yes, indeed. The first question is for Disney. What park would you recommend if you can only visit for one day? Oh, that's a good one. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so I feel like this is probably going to be a pretty controversial answer. Okay. But I like Animal Kingdom. Which okay. Most people, I think, would say Magic Kingdom because it's the really iconic one, or Hollywood Studios because it has um, Toy Story and Star Wars. But I really just love Animal Kingdom, and I I love um, the layout of it. I love the food that they have. I I like the okay. shows. I know it's not very ride intensive at Animal Kingdom, but I I just really like Animal Kingdom. So I think I would. I would recommend Animal Kingdom from my personal recommendation, just because it's my favorite. Um, if yeah, you and it like, would be a, I a good go one day option, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. if you were someone who was like, I I want to go to Disney. I've always wanted to go, and I can only go for one day. Um, wow, that's pretty. Sad. I would I would, I would go say for one Magic day. Kingdom because mm-hmm. Magic Kingdom is the classic Disney. Like, if you've been wanting to go to Disney your whole life, that's where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I could could give one recommendation just based on my personal um, my personal experiences, I would say Animal Kingdom. Okay, and here's our next question. So is it best to stay on property when visiting Disney? I don't know that best is necessarily the right word. Um, I think it's a really good option, but it kind of depends on what your family needs mm-hmm. um, and kind of what you have scheduled and planned for your trip. Really nice thing about staying on Disney property is, first of all, housekeeping. They are amazing. They are wonderful. Um, you get to really be immersed in the magic and the theming. Um, they have some really, really amazing pools on Disney property. Uh, if you get a meal plan, your meal plan will work at your Disney resort. So that's a definite plus there. Um, but it can be really tricky to get a space with a lot of rooms. If you have a big family traveling or you want three bedrooms or something like that. Um so best is kind of a subjective word. Right. Um, I usually recommend for people who are traveling with smaller parties to stay on Disney property. 
um, because then all of the transportation is right there. Um, typically, they've, I mean, they've got family suites that will hold a family of six. So mm -hmm. a family of four has plenty of room in there. It's got a little kitchenette. Like, it'll have everything that you need. But if it's a big family traveling, I don't usually recommend that they stay on property um, because they need a lot more space. Also, if the budget is really, really tight, sometimes for budget reasons, it can be best to stay off property. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So really that one depends on who. <laughs> yeah. And that's why, again, where everybody's needs are different, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard to give a blanket answer until you sort of get to know what, what, like, there are people that, like, I have a sister who's going on a vacation. She has a bad knee. You know, she has a really bad knee. So she's going to walk, right. but she's going to need to rest. Yeah. And um, so you you sort of have, I guess you would have to think, you know, from a an individual perspective. Like, you know your family and you know your situation. And that's going to determine the answer to some of these questions, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Another like good a lot reason for a travel agent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Know? A lot of um, vacation based or travel based questions are super subjective because it, I mean, it just changes person to person. And yep. what, what, like, what Disney park you recommend, Lynn, if you went to Disney, might be completely different than what I would recommend for a one day mm -hmm. visit mm -hmm. um, because everybody has different opinions. And that's why, um, working with an agent we can really help kind of figure out what it is that you want because sometimes people don't even know what they want until they're talking to someone about it mm -hmm. um or you might not know how to take what you want and turn it into a reality so that's why I always ask my clients like what is the most important thing for you to get out of this trip what are you mm -hmm. looking forward to so that we can make sure that you know it's tailored for what they are wanting um and I, I think pretty much all agents work like that. Like we want you to have a good trip and we want it to be what you want it to be. Mm -hmm. Is this a busy time for you? Like what, when is your busiest time? Would you say? Spring. Or right before spring, okay. I guess. Okay. Is maybe the way to say it, like mm -hmm. February, people are sick of the cold. That's what I was going to say. People are ready <laughs> to get out start of town. thinking about travel. <laughs> yep. Yep. And especially if it's really yeah. cold, I don't know what kind of winter we're going to have, but yeah. I think where we are, it's going to be pretty bad. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. Well, thanks for chatting with me today, Lynn. Oh my I'm gosh, really this excited. has really been fun. Yeah, good. Um, and right. I'm, I'm really excited for next month. Um, we're going to talk about holidays on the high seas. So what makes a holiday cruise special? All right. That sounds awesome. And we just love, we are thank, so thankful for all of you listening. And we hope you're enjoying the show. And we love, love, love your feedback. So we love your questions. And um, yeah, we want you to have a great vacation, right? Sure do. Yay. Well, we'll see you next time. All right, folks. Take care. Happy travels. Thanks, Lynn. 
Thanks for listening. If you're planning a trip or are interested in my complimentary planning services, if you have any questions or suggestions for the show, please give me a call at 317-694-4023 or shoot me an email at katie, K-A-T-I-E dot white, spelled just like the color, at mmvagent.com. See you next time.